Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Arone Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Week 6 of NFL action is in the books. It's your host, Frank Arone here. Rolling solo in Minnesota. Uh, got the other member out in Vegas. Been busy with work. We've been trying to squeeze it in, so we're doing it on a late night Wednesday. Let's uh, head out there and bring him in. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. Yeah, pretty busy out here. Nice uh, nice weather compared to there is what I heard. Looks pretty uh, brutal there with that snow, huh? Yeah, it started coming down pretty good yesterday, but uh it's, Yeah, no, I'm 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 definitely not fine missing out on that, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it might be gone by the time you get back though. It's it's a little bit warmer and a lot of it's kinda of already starting to go, so it's not too bad, but um yeah, anyway. It it uh wasn't the only disappointment <laughs> as far as uh Minnesota stuff goes with the old uh, Vikes last week. That was could have been a whole lot rougher, that's for sure. Yeah, might have to get in that with a little bit of a weekend recap, huh? Yeah, might as well start it off. Let's jump right in and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how'd, how'd week six treat you? Uh, actually, a pretty good week for me. I went, uh, looks like three and all on my release plays. Uh, definitely fortunate. I know in that, that Green Bay game, that, that total, I guess I don't want to talk about every play. Kind of just gets boring, but yeah, a little fortunate there, especially that over in that Atlanta game at the end of the game there. Kind of just, uh, like I said, a little pretty fortunate. The one game I did have from uh, start to finish with that Pittsburgh game, just one hand down there, laying the points there with uh, Cleveland. But anyway, yeah, all in all, pretty good uh, for my release plays, three and zero. And then I think uh, even my five plays on the pot, I did pretty well for the most part, or at least uh, profitable. So, and uh, finally got a head-to-head victory against you yeah, in that San Francisco pick uh, against the Rams. So finally uh, struck struck some gold head-to-head with you. Yeah, and back up to one and two against me. So that's that's not bad. Oh uh, yeah, that was just, well, I'm climbing. <laughs> what a what a brutal effort by the Rams. That was kind of the the tone of my week was just lifeless teams, and I kind of knew that that was a little bit of possibilities with the Rams. And after San Francisco just being shellacked, that it was kind of a good spot for them. And I I did mention that in even in the handicap that that was about the only downside. And uh, yeah, it couldn't have been any more apparent there. And then. Uh, so I lost my pick of the week with them, and then on my release plays, I went one and two. So it wasn't great for me uh, after a real good week a couple weeks ago. Couldn't uh, couldn't keep it going, so not as bad as it could have been. Uh, I did kind of sour a little bit on the Rams play, and I didn't, even though it was my pick of the week, I didn't end up releasing it. Um, I ended up, Detroit got there super easy. The Vikings lost super decisively. And then I had Houston plus three and a half that ended up losing in overtime. And, just infuriating fashion when they were up uh, up seven there late. So, yeah, that was uh, about as annoying as it gets. So even 
even with not a great week, I could have snuck out a two and one if it wouldn't have been for for that. So that was a little a little rough, but that's the way she goes in the NFL. And it seems like I've been on the wrong side of those overtime uh, touchdown games more than on the right side. So anyway, um, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and do a quick getting the best of the number segment. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what qualified last week for getting the best of the number? Yeah, I know it's kind of an up and down here roller coaster with this getting the best of the number segment. But yeah, last week, of course, we had no qualifiers, and this week only one. So we'll give that one, and not not the best example, but the one game that qualified was the uh, the barn burner in the NFC East battle uh, between Washington and the Giants. Game opened uh, three and a half on the pause, what I said last week, but I think it was more so three was probably widely available. Uh, as Giants favorite, and then that game got as low as uh, one, one and a half Giants. So if you picked it up there, quite uh, nitpicked one of the books there late. Like I said, only a handful of them had the one, but there were some available. And there were more than just one book, so we had you know several books available uh, at close. Uh, Giants won, and of course that game landed on one twenty to nineteen in, in favor of the Giants after Washington missed that two point conversion. So uh, yeah, like that's the only qualifier that uh, came came into play here last week. So that's uh, all we got. And that's something too, just quickly to, to uh, expand upon that. Um, you know, like a lot of times you just kind of think anything less than three is kind of irrelevant. And you just, you know, it just seems like one and two just don't come into play that often. But I think more and more so with teams kind of doing unconventional things as far as going for two, trying to end the game, uh, you know, uh, going for two after they score from down 15, just different different things like that, it's going to kind of uh, flatten out the dispersion of games ending on certain numbers. And I think not that one and two are ever going to be nearly as key as three is, but I think that is something where people think, oh, well, what's the difference between getting getting one and a half or two and a half or just taking the money line? It's like, well, those points do come into play sometimes, so you don't want to totally discount those. And not a not a huge thing, but just something that I think kind of keep, to keep in mind because it Never really feels like it's that big a deal until you have a team <laughs> where, uh, you know, you're just trying basically like if you had the Giants there, it's just infuriating lane two and they win by one. But anyway. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump in and go over, uh, week seven here, huh? Let's see. So last week I went one and four on my five. Um, and what'd you say you went? Um, for, I was, looks like three and two and two losers, Dallas and Carolina. All right, well, yeah, you uh, looks like you get uh, the T-Box then for your five, so go ahead when you're ready. All right, uh, ready to do it, so let's see. Hmm, uh, so yeah, we're, we're just going to say we talked about before the pod here. Of course, we got the new format that we started several a couple weeks ago, I guess, and seems like pretty good format, seems pretty quick, and we get the you know strongest opinions across and c- cut down the time a little bit on the podcast at least, so hopefully that'll help and get, uh, like I said, get all the... the Valid information we can out to you. So yeah, we're gonna go in rotation order um, from our plays. Not in, you know we're not gonna just randomly pick them or go in strength order or anything like that. So we're just gonna start in my first game. Uh, second game down here looks like it's Cleveland at uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati here. So like I do every week, like my power rating number between these two teams, strict power rating um, of just what my numbers come to, and also the look headline from the Westgate Superbook in here in Vegas, and just basically the line that was bettable the week before. And we use that as just a barometer to see how much the markets change after one week of play. See if there's no reaction, underreaction, what have you. 
and we'll also use the opener for both the total end side, and of course we'll use the Westgate for both those as well. So nothing new for the, any people that's listened for a while, but uh, any new listeners, that's that. So like I said, Cleveland at Cincy is my first game. Power rating, Cleveland 4.5. Uh, favorite, look headline, Cleveland 4.5. Westgate open, Cleveland 3.5. Total here open, 51.5. Uh, to me, I was a little surprised by this line. I mean, it's uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm seeing Cleveland 3 with a little bit of juice. Uh, you know, some three and a half, but I think probably the prevailing number here is Cleveland three with extra juice. And I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Cleveland here. I feel like it was, it was a pretty bad spot for him last week. I, not necessarily a bad spot, but of course I already talked about how much I like Pittsburgh last week. That was a really good, uh, air, you know, time to come in on Pittsburgh. And of course they blew the doors off. Cleveland look, made them look pretty bad, but Cleveland was getting a lot of love last week. And now it's just kind of funny. You have one bad game. Where they can look pretty bad against uh, obviously a pretty good team in Pittsburgh, and then now it just seems like the markets kind of crashed a little bit here. Not not a ton, but I mean, still, like I said, four and a half look ahead, and and now you're now you're seeing a three. I mean, that's a pretty big difference in the number from from one week. So right there, I think you're getting some line value on Cleveland. But then even then, Cincy, you know, they came out pretty good in the first half. They looked really good and were dominating that game, and then just were completely flat in the second half. And to me, that's a you know whether it be a lack of coaching or lack of adjustments or lack of motivation, lack of focus. I mean, that's kind of seems like a pretty you know bad loss for them there when they had that game in hand and ended up losing it in the fashion that they did. And uh, you know, missed, a, missed a couple of a field goal that was key, but still, you know, ended up losing it and just had nothing going there in the second half. It's just, like I said, not, not a bet on for me uh, right now. And obviously the markets are, are, are saying that since it's more of a bet on because the number's coming down. And not that I'm in love with Cleveland. I'm really not, but I just feel like this is a pretty good spot when they're a average or above average type of team against a Cincy, which is more of a bottom five feeder type of team and only ask them to lay, lay three when home field so, so much mitigated in uh, this, this, uh, this season. So to me, I feel like three is uh, pretty reasonable. So I think, uh, lane points on the road is not the best, uh, usually what I do, but again, I think this is a pretty good spot here for, for Cleveland, uh, in a blowout type of fashion. So yeah, Cleveland laying three. All right. Uh, don't have anything on that game. I, I don't uh, feel strong about it. So I uh, will go on to my first one. Uh, I got something on the Detroit Atlanta game. If you want to give the numbers for that, sounds good. Yeah, uh, Detroit Atlanta power rating is Atlanta minus one. Look headline Atlanta minus one. Westgate open Atlanta three. Total here open fifty six and a half. All right. Um, yeah, I, I like Detroit here. Um, seems like I'm on Detroit just about every week, even though I wasn't even all that high in Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even all that high in Detroit coming into the year. I don't know how he got here, but um, I mean, the Falcons obviously killed the Vikings last week, and uh, I was on on the Vikings again, and and liked going against Atlanta, and they looked significantly more impressive than they have a lot of weeks. And I know I've heard people make a case for Atlanta with all their collapses that, you know, if they would have held on to a couple of those games, they could have a winning record right now. And I think you could definitely make that case. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I think Atlanta might've just had a, a more of a aberration game where it kind of came together, but I think it was mostly just the Vikings pretty much no showed that game from the beginning. Uh, you know, even from the very first pass of the game when Cousins way under threw that into like triple coverage and it's just kind of set the tone for the game and they just had no heart. So I think I chalked that up way more to Minnesota being awful than I do to Atlanta playing unbelievable. So that, uh, you know, if, if Atlanta comes out 
and looks like that again, obviously, then the bets are probably going to be dead. But on the other hand, I had the Lions last week uh, against Jacksonville, and they did exactly. And it was more of a bet against Jacksonville than on the Lions, per se, but they just absolutely destroyed Jacksonville uh, just thoroughly throughout the game, and it was pretty much no contest. And I just think the Lions are probably like a slightly below average team, and I think Atlanta's like a notch or two below that. So off of off a big win like the Falcons had last week, and they're still 1-5. I don't think they're kidding themselves about having playoff aspirations. I think this is a kind of a spot for them to, to take a step back. And as far as the Lions at 2-3, and three, I, I don't – the only thing that scares me about this is I just don't really trust Patricia and like him as a coach at all. But I think they're conv- – like the fact that they blew that Bears game in week one and then they were up big on the Saints and and blew that one a couple weeks ago. Like I feel like they think they're closer to contending this year than Atlanta does. So I think you're going to get a continued good effort from them. And I just trust Stafford more than I trust Ryan. And I just think they're just overall a better team. Um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, DVOA, they're the 19th offense. Atlanta's the 22nd. You look at uh, defense. Detroit's the 23rd defense, Atlanta's the 25th. So those are, you know, pretty similar, but Detroit's slightly better in both. I don't really give much of a home field at all here, and I think the spot slightly favors Detroit. So in that situation, uh, yeah, I just think overall the, the Lions are a better team, and, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take them here, plus, plus two and a half, and especially if you can get the three. All right, well, I got to tell you, I... Uh... <laughs> be in agreement there so not going head to head but definitely uh one of my plays here was detroit unfortunately for me early in the week again it's just it was at three for a little bit there for looks like a couple days and I'm, you know i just kind of hardly know the podcast obviously we just have one time when we're, we're playing these lines so that's why you don't have the benefit of shopping of course it's got to be widely available as well as you know the time of, of day or time of the week i guess i should say it'd be more fitting and like I said, I, Detroit plus three, I'd like it so much more than two and a half. So I think two and a half is prevailing number here. So I still do like Detroit here to an extent. Probably one of my weaker plays in my five this week, but definitely a still play. Like I said, it would be probably my stronger plays if it was at three, of course. So we'll see if that comes back up at all. Like I said, it was there earlier in the week. A lot of Atlanta love, so I was hoping it was going to be there in the pod here, but obviously dipped down. So I'll be interested to see because I'm not really sure where this line's going to go because I'm surprised it got that high to begin with or even as high as it is now. Like I said, my power rate number. Atlanta won. It just seems like this should be like, you know, maybe Atlanta a very, very short favorite, if not a pick them. And instead of this two and a half, just seems like a little bit too rich. So yeah, I agree with what you're saying and definitely in agreement there on Detroit plus two and a half. I just feel like they're Atlanta just definitely gets a bump too after that head coach being fired. They always seems like teams always for the most part get a bump. Not yet. So I'm not always contradict myself there, but it seems like most of the time they get a bump from the head coach being fired. And that's what happened there with Atlanta. It seems like they just played like a pretty, pretty good you know good game from start to finish and it's just hard to imagine with especially with the inconsistencies in their defense and everything else I just don't really trust Atlanta back to back and like you said too I definitely have the same uh, problems with that with with the Detroit coaching staff I just feel like they're sim- similar to Atlanta I feel like these teams are pretty similar it just seems like do you really trust them here after having two big you know victories there on the road it just seems like they're uh, in similar spots and similar type of teams where it just you know do you trust them? But like I said, I feel like this is the type of game where you just want to take the points. And I think I trust Detroit a little bit more than I trust Atlanta right now. So yeah, like I said, in agreement for Detroit. I think, I think it was Mayo on his pod. He said, this is just the ultimate in-game 
mash fest where whatever team falls down 14, you just go ahead and just max bet them. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> team jumps out to the lead is going to be collapsing. And, and both of these quarterbacks and offenses are just kings of, you know, cu- like the crazy comeback where you're, you're I'll turn the game off or whatever, and all of a sudden you see, like, all right, let's cut to Atlanta here where Stafford's going for two to tie it up. And like, what? They were down 16. How did that even happen? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah, so I'm in agreement. That's my second, looks like my second place. So what's, uh, what's you? Um, all right. My second one heading down the board here is in the Green Bay Houston game. All right. Green Bay Houston power rating, Green Bay three and a half. Look headline, Green Bay. Minus three and the Westgate open here at Green Bay three and the total open 56. All right. And you're seeing mostly three and a halfs here, right? Um, let me double check. Yeah. Three and a half is yeah prevailing number for sure here in this game. All right. Um, yeah, I like Houston, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, back to the Houston, Houston plus three and a half, huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah the, should have got there last week. So it's going to get there this week, but yeah. Houston's another team. It seems like I'm on way more than I would like to be, but just think they're kind of undervalued still. Um, I just, I really, I got, like I got Watson and, and a couple, a lot of my best ball deals that I did this year and I was kind of high on their offense coming in and as it took a little sluggish at the beginning funny of the year. And a, funny on a side note, every time you bring up best ball, I always immediately think you're talking about golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I think, I think, I don't, I'm sure it was a thing, but I don't know. Um, this is the first year I've ever really been a part of them or heard about it. So I think it's a fairly new concept. Uh, but yeah, those are super fun. Actually, it's takes out all the, the grind of the fantasy where you go, okay, well, these guys are hurt and I got to do the waiver wires and start this guy and make decisions. It's kind of nice because you draft your team at the beginning of the year and then you set it and forget it and, and don't have to worry about it. So it's actually like a way more fun version of fantasy football, in my opinion, but. Um, one thing I, I was, like I said, I was hot, pretty high on Watson and the offense come into the year and it was kind of frustrating because I felt like they had a lot of potential, but they just kept like running the ball with Bill O'Brien and just being ultra conservative and doing stupid stuff. And I don't think Romeo Cornell is a great coach, but ever since, um, O'Brien's been gone the last couple of weeks here, it seems like they've just kind of been letting loose and going for it and more of a go for broke kind of style and obviously that can backfire but so far it's been pretty successful and I'd much rather have that from a Houston team that has an awful defense uh but has a pretty good offense is a team that's going to you know try to go score for score and and keep up with you and I think Green Bay here um I think that's kind of the team they are too I mean like uh I'll, you know reference DVOA again you look at their defenses Houston's 27th Green Bay's 30th you look at the offenses, Green Bay's fourth, Houston's eighth. So I think that kind of makes sense with, with what the eye test is telling me. I think Green Bay's got a little bit better offense if, if it's clicking, unlike last week. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that Green Bay's defense is that bad, but they really haven't been that impressive in, in quite a few of the games they played. So it, it kind of does make sense to me. And that's just kind of, I think this has the feel of a back and forth type game where both teams are going to be putting up points and obviously with a total of 57. Uh, that's kind of being echoed there. Uh, but it just seems to me like it's going to be a last team to have the ball kind of situation wins the game. The only thing that scares me, obviously, is Green Bay in the non-prime time, but the only real football game in the afternoon last week, and Green Bay jumping onto that 10-0 lead and then getting absolutely destroyed by Tampa Bay. Um, that scares me a little bit because it just seems like after a team gets embarrassed like that, they're 
going to have a pretty decent effort coming back. So that is does give me a little bit of hesitation, not going to lie. And, and I don't know how Houston's going to respond after having should definitely have beat the Titans last week and then failing in spectacular fashion in overtime um, and, and late in the game there. That's a little worrisome how they're going to bounce back from that. But I think I, I just have enough faith in Watson and the offense to put up plenty of points. So I think even if Rodgers and the offense is clicking, it's just going to be a back-and-forth shootout. And if Green Bay looks anything like they looked for most of the game last week against Tampa Bay, then I really, really like the bet. So I think Green Bay has been a little bit overvalued. Uh, not crazy because the markets have kind of kept them in check despite their good record. But I think they were slightly overvalued, and uh, I think Houston's been a little bit undervalued here with, with their horrible start against, like I bring up every week, against a really strong schedule. I think now that they're starting, I mean, this is obviously another really tough game, but I think uh, regardless of the outcome here, um, Houston's a team I'm probably going to be backing pretty frequently, for at least for the next few weeks and until the market catches up with them if they do get some wins. What, right. uh, where are you going with your third one? Let's see. Uh, for my third one, I am going to go to a game that's uh, a little bit of uncertainty, but it'll be Carolina at the Saints, New Orleans. Uh, for this game, my power rating, New Orleans, 6.5. Look headline, New Orleans, 7. Westgate open, New Orleans, 8. And the total here open, 51. Um, this game, yeah, I think Monday, Tuesday, there's a COVID scare here for Carolina in the locker room, so they took the game off the board immediately, all the sports books. So it's kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit more of a nitpicky type of line, but I, I do see it a line for most of the books here now, and also, you know, they are, it's an active line. It's not just a stale line or anything. So I think for the most part, you know, prevailing number here, three or seven and a half, and I think it's, like I said, widely available. It seems like it's kind of calmed down after that, uh, you know, they had to do a retest or something for a, a positive. But anyway, so yeah, my play here, I like uh, the Carolina side. Getting a seven in the hook, it just seems like, I was pretty shocked by this line. This is something I had kind of targeted right away. So that's kind of frustrating when I saw that because you don't really know how these, you know, what's going to get affected when you get that, the COVID news. And then also not only, you know, not only how the game's going to get played out and what's going to happen from a handicap perspective and also what's going to be posted or if they take it down and how long and are they going to lose value when it gets reposted? So there's so much uncertainty, obviously this year as a whole. But anyway, my, my point is just for this, from this handicap, it just seems like. This game's really priced like Carolina's like a below average team and, and New Orleans is like a top tier, you know, front runner type of team at this point spread, it seems like to me. Like I said, with a little not that much home field advantage this year, just you know, giving more laying more than seven here is a tall task for New Orleans, who in my opinion has been, you know, a, a, a above average team. That's about it. They haven't been that haven't shown a whole lot for me. I don't really I still don't trust Breeze a whole lot and it just especially in the divisional game here, it just seems like this this game it just seems like a pretty good spot here for Carolina. I know I was on last week, so I'm kind of going back to the well, maybe similar to your Houston play. But uh, it, it obviously Houston had a should have been a covered there on like the Carolina game. But still, it just uh, seems like this is a spot where if Carolina is a decent team or an average team. This is just a, this is a point where they should be able to cover and keep this game here pretty close. And, I, and New Orleans coming off a bye. Yeah, that's going to be beneficial with a good coach. I, I get that, but it, it just it just seems like you know they're just not quite the same uh, the, the team that they've been in, in the years past. And, and I think Carolina's got enough talent to be able to keep up here. And uh, and I said cover this point spread. So I guess I get I definitely like the extra hook there, seven and a half. It seems to me like this number's got to come down uh, more to seven, but we'll, we'll see where the market goes. But yeah, I definitely would uh, you know, get in at seven and a half here, and not wait because just. Uh, 
like just we've talked about in the past, betting at seven and a half, even if it goes higher, eight, eight and a half, it's just not worth it. But if it goes down to seven, that's a key number. That's the second most key number in the, in the NFL. So definitely worth locking in seven and a half, especially when you see some juice here coming in on Carolina. So yeah, to me, this is a pretty, uh, pretty strong play here. Carolina plus seven and a half. Yeah, I looked at that one long and hard. And I, I don't, I just don't really know what to make of either of those teams. And, uh, I'll definitely be rooting for you, but yeah, I was, I've tried to, think about Carolina I just couldn't quite get there and it'll be interesting to see um you know I could see New Orleans just kind of being an average team all year long or I could see a deal with Michael Thomas coming back and their defense kind of getting stronger like they did last year and being a top echelon team again by the end of the year so yeah we'll uh we'll have to wait and see there um all right my next one is in the uh Seattle Arizona game all right, Seattle, Arizona. My power range, Seattle minus one. Look headline, Seattle minus three. Westgate open, Seattle three. And the total here, uh, open 55 and then reopened after the Monday night game, uh, from Arizona, of course, on 50, at 56. So here's another example where I wish that Arizona wouldn't have blown out Dallas on Monday night because I think the story was about Dallas, but it's still, I just don't really like like betting against Green Bay when they get blown out in a fairly primetime game, and I don't like backing Arizona here coming off a primetime blowout, but I, I think I have to look at at Arizona. I just, I've just i tried to go against Seattle a couple times here and unsuccessfully so far, but it's got to work at some point. Because, uh, and it's not just straight out of stubbornness. It, it just Seattle keeps pulling a, pulling a rabbit out of their hat like Tennessee and, and covering these games in just miraculous fashion. Whether it be against the, I mean, they didn't cover against the Vikings uh, a couple weeks ago before their bye, but uh, the Dallas game earlier in the year, and um, I, I think Arizona is not a great team by any means. And it, it was amazing, it was, even though they absolutely blew the doors off Dallas on that Monday nighter, I, I really wasn't all that impressed with with Carolina. Kyler looked pretty sloppy in a lot of throws, and Drake finally looked okay, but I don't think he looked all that explosive, other than. His one long run when the game was already pretty much sealed up, and that was more just of Cowboys quitting than anything. So, um, it's not even a, this. It's not really a play on Arizona here, uh, but I think these teams. I think Seattle's better, but I don't think they're significant. And I, I'm not a. Like I said I've kind of discounted home field quite a bit, so I don't want to try to say, oh, yeah, Arizona's home field's so good. And yeah, I definitely give Seattle. Credit coming off the bye, kind of like you with New Orleans last time with Peyton and Carroll. There's top tier coaches, you know, you got to respect that coming off the bye. So this wouldn't be a, an absolute mash play that I just love Arizona here. But to me, again, it just feels like with Seattle's terrible defense, yeah, I respect Russell Wilson a lot. But even if they're up 10 in this game, 14 in this game, like I feel like Kyler Murray has every chance in the world to come back. And, and conversely, even if the Cardinals jump out to a lead. I'm not going to feel totally safe because I feel like Wilson can come back. So this is another game, kind of like the Green Bay-Houston game, where I think it's just going to be a back and forth. Uh, you know, neither team's going to pull away or blow the other team out, and it's potentially the last team that has the ball type wins the game. And I think both of the quarterbacks are going to be scrambling around. And I think Seattle's got a little bit more talent and a little bit better run game, but for the most part, I think these are kind of similar teams and. Uh, you know, the Cardinals at four and two and Seattle at five and oh. I don't, I think their records are both, you know, I think they both kind of are like four and two ish type team. I think Seattle's been a little fortunate. So I think they're a little bit above average and, 
in that situation, I'll take Arizona here to uh, to keep her close. And I know I don't know if it, does it do you see more threes or threes and a half? I know it's kind of in between here. Um, looks like. Uh, yeah, that's that's let's see. Um, I think I think there's it's three and a half with extra juice. I think there's enough three and a half. So just for the play, I think three and a half is fair. Okay, sounds good. I just want to make sure we get the number. Down pat here, so I can grade it properly for next week. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's I documented on my I documented on my end as well. So I'll document our plays. So I'll mark it for three and a half for uh, the podcast purposes. All right, sounds good. What uh, were you going for your fourth? All right, well, so I guess that's what I got a little confused there. Not confused, but I had a uh, actually two plays on this game. But I'll just I'll just put it. Uh, see how do I want to do this? I'll just put it into one, I suppose. And then just get rid of the, the total on it, but I should have. I, I was going to do this instead of Detroit because of the number, but I already jumped in on the Detroit, so that's fine. But I'm going to the game, uh, San Francisco at New England. My power rate number, New England minus three and a half. Look headline, New England five and a half. Westgate open, New England four, and the total here open forty five and a half. And yeah, this is to me the most shocking line of the of the week. I mean, I had a obviously we had head to head last week. I was on San Francisco. Didn't like that play a lot, especially after you being on the other side. I didn't, wasn't my play I was in love with, but they, you know, looked pretty good there and stuff. And I kind of expected a bounce back there in, in a spot where they kind of needed to win and an all in type of effort. I obviously talked about the pod last week, but I wasn't super surprised of the way that game played out. But boy, yeah, now they're coming and getting only a couple points less than field goal here going to New England cross country. It's just boy, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking the Patriots here. I mean, haven't been overly in love with the Patriots and obviously looked pretty bad there last week, but I mean, talk about an overreaction. I mean, it's almost like, like I said, unless there's something I'm, I'm really missing, but I've just been, you know, looking at this game and stuff and there's, I don't think there's much I'm missing and the Patriots are actually getting pretty healthy too. So they're going to get a lot of people back. And, and, and I don't know, to me, it's just is a really strange line, but like I said, to the point where it's almost so strange where I, it seems like I'm missing something because it's so far off. Um, but like I said, I did research, haven't found anything that's very, um, you know, convincing the other way. So yeah, I'm definitely like uh, the Patriots here. Looks like, um, yeah, it looks like two probably the consensus here. So Patriots laying two at home uh, against San Francisco. And like I said, it just seems like uh, an overreaction here. New England played one bad game against Denver, who, and Denver's defense somewhat capable. But I mean, more so than that, it's just I mean, look at the the way their team's been screwed up there with with Cam and then the COVID stuff and. I think I had a quote from Belichick or saying something about they're not being able to practice all week and, you know, everything else. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think people just underestimate. It's like, you even look at like the Bills Tennessee game. I don't know if we're going to talk about that. I think I probably will, but it just, you know, pe- people's schedules get thrown off. And I think people just like overreaction. I think it's, it's almost this year is probably bigger than any year almost just because of the different circumstances and scenarios that pop up and the schedule changes and everything else. I mean, it just, and, you know, look at the lifelong for Belichick out of a loss, and then now he's laying less than a field goal at home. It's just to me, it's just, I, and it's funny, even last week, I know you were talking about it with San Francisco, which, and, you know, and you weren't wrong, but talk about, uh, is this San Francisco team, like, how bad are they, and all this stuff, and, and everyone's kind of just thrown in the towel in San Francisco, and it's like, boy, what a, what a change of events for one, meet, one week can make. And it's just, like I said, that was a pretty much all-in effort from San Francisco last week, and, they end up showing and playing decent and Garoppolo looked somewhat healthy, but he still looked a little hobbled up and now, now trying to go on New England after an all in divisional effort. It just seems like, yeah, great spot for New England, about as best spot as you can ask for. Um, and then also the number, everything else lines pretty good. And I, I do think New England's a better team here by a, a somewhat of a, you know, decent margin, a little bit of a margin. And 
like I said, uh, going with that, like I said, so my play there, New England minus two, and then my other play on this, which I won't be official play, but uh, the one I do like I'll probably release for both of these will be the over in this game. I mean, like I said, 45 and a half was the opener, and it's getting bet down, and it just seems like this is a lot to do with New England's offense looking pretty poor last week. It seems like that's where most of this reaction is coming from for both these numbers, side and total. And like I said, I just feel like that's an overreaction, so I'm definitely going to buck that. And uh, look at the over here. I think under 44. If you, I mean, sorry, over 43 and a half. Anything under 44 from a betting to, uh, over the total perspective, I feel like it's a pretty good price here. And I feel like this is, uh, you know, something that should get over the total here relatively easy on this, especially in this day and age when you see a total like this. So, yeah, uh, really like these two side end total. Like I said, New England my, minus two for the, the podcast perspective for my top five, but also be looking at uh, the over 43 and a half. Yeah, last last week I was debating. Um, all week, whether I wanted to, on my survivor pick, do the Dolphins against the, the hapless Jets, but I'm like, well, that's going to be a super popular side. Like, I don't, you know, I think Fitzpatrick go down in flames at any point. So I, I tried to be real sharp and switch it up and go on New England against Denver. And obviously that uh, didn't work out too well. So that was frustrating, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on New England. I think that's just a bizarre number. It, it just seems way too low. And you can say and we agree San Francisco was in a a good spot last week and they definitely played much better than they had been playing. They weren't a total disaster, but I mean, I think that was about as much as like, it's just a bizarre Rams, like fairly no show kind of like the Vikings did where Goff just looked horrible and was missing. Like there's tons of throws that were there pretty close to there and he just wasn't even anywhere remotely close. So it was just, it was strange. Like that interception in the end zone, where they threw like they ran like a weird like wheel route to Robert Woods and Goff like way underthrew him to the right and it got picked off and it's just I don't know the whole thing was just a disaster so I I think that was was about as much the Rams just playing down and playing an awful game and then also the Niners being in a good spot even with that said they still you know they won by eight and give them credit for that but I didn't really come away from that thinking like oh well you know the the Niners are are fully backed and they're they're going to be primed to make a run here and then they lose Mostert who along with Kittle's they're one of their best offensive weapons and Jimmy G hasn't looked good even though his stats look good like he he wasn't all that impressive there's a lot of short throws that ended up going for long runs so yeah to me this this spot just screams New England and I think they're absolutely undervalued after the events that took place last week the one thing I agree with you that going to cut some cut New England's offense some slack with how disjointed they looked because of the COVID situation and Cam not practicing and all that, but he did look just awful. Like as someone who was paying attention to that game fairly closely because I was hoping they could, you know, sneak out the straight up victory for my survivor deal. Like they gave Denver gave him so many chances to 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 come back and he just like they were running multiple trip plays every drive to try to conjure up some offense and like even the last fourth down, the guy was just wide open and he just missed him by like 10 yards. It was, it was beyond brutal. So you'd think that they'd get that squared away with a week. And that's, that just awfulness is why the number is where it is right now for, like you said, total and, and for the side here. So I think if you're making this bet, you're making the bet that Newton's going to look significantly better than he did last week. And I think it's, uh, it's step absolutely worth a shot here on uh, this type of price range. Think about how ridiculous it would be to get Belichick under a field goal at home against a 
you know, middle of the road team at best. Uh, this is kind of crazy. So yeah, that's, I agree with you there. Yeah, All right. What about your last I one? Wanna, I don't want to belabor this game, but like I just said, it's pretty ridiculous to me. But can you imagine if the roles reversed of how the teams, two teams played in New England, you know, the same score for New England and San Francisco played like they did against Denver? I mean, and we're talking about over a touchdown easy here. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. It's exactly. just, uh, pretty funny. But anyway. Um, all right. That looks like I'm ready for my last and final play, huh? Yep. So let's go over to Pittsburgh at Tennessee. My power rating here, Pittsburgh minus one. Look headline, Pittsburgh two and a half. Westgate open Pittsburgh one and the total are open 52. And, uh, sure enough here, we're seeing Tennessee a short favorite. So, I mean, I'm, not as flabbergasted on this line as, as obviously the last game we talked about, but to me, I, I'm still kind of, you know, just dumbfounding to me here. Uh, you know, like I said, look headline, Pittsburgh two and a half, and now we're seeing Tennessee a short favorite. I think that's about all you need to know. And again, not the most key numbers in anything round zero, but like you mentioned, one and two are more key, and I would definitely rather be getting one or two than laying one or two. I mean, I, I mean, that's a pretty obvious statement. You know, sky type is a blue type of statement, but still. It's, uh, I would like Pittsburgh at a short favorite. And then now that you're going to give me a few points, I'll definitely look at the Pittsburgh side here. I just feel like Tennessee is definitely, I don't know, a, a team that's, that they're in a really good spot there. I think not a good spot, but just a very favorable, like scheduling situation there against Buffalo. And just, you know, pretty tough situation there for Buffalo. And they don't know if they're going to play Tuesday, Thursday. And I don't think they found out till Sunday night or Monday morning, whatever that was. And having a game plan for two different people, especially when one of them is being Super Bowl champs in Kansas City. And then now that they didn't play them, they end up playing on Tuesday in Tennessee. Then they have a short turnaround week on Monday against Kansas City. And it's just like, um, anyway, it's a, you know, bad spot there for Buffalo is my point. And then Tennessee was, you know, favorable there. And of course, you know, it just, it just seems like we, I don't really don't know much about this team. I don't really trust them, I guess. I just feel like it, it, you know, a little bit might be a little bit of smoke mirror. I know we talked about that before. I don't know what the, what the stat is. Maybe you have it or I'm not sure if you would, but it's, uh, how many times they've covered the points. It's like every game they cover this year has been less than five points, I think. It's the cover margin. It's just crazy how they've just narrowed. Two week one to the Broncos, three week two to the Jags, one week three to the Vikes, then they blew out the Bills by 26, and then they won by six last week in a game they should have lost. So, I mean, it could very easily be one and four right now instead of five and oh. Yeah, and like I said, they got favorable situations there against Buffalo and stuff. So and so there's all that, which just seems like to me. Um, I don't know if I necessarily make this Pittsburgh three, but you know, I think Pittsburgh should definitely be a favorite here on the road. I mean, they've, Pittsburgh's been pretty impressive. Obviously last week too came out and there's just been, seems like they're pretty, they're pretty well buttoned up here and seems like a team that could be a, definitely make a run here. That's kind of not a sleeper, but just kind of like, you know, getting through and getting the job done. And, and they don't really have a, a, a ton of flaws. Like it seems like a lot of these other teams have where there's a flaw here. That's really big problem or, you know, flaw there. Um, I think, you know, Roethlisberger might be, Potentially be that, but it seems like he's been, you know, decent enough and serviceable as an older quarterback here. And the other thing too, I think the biggest thing, uh, factor for me in this, this handicap, you look at DVOA. Pittsburgh ranked number one in rush defense. And what do you, how do you stop Tennessee? You stop the run. I mean, that's what I've said last year. I mean, that's how you beat Tennessee and, and Pittsburgh can stop the run. Like I said, they're uh, ranked number one and their defense in general is ranked number two overall. So I mean, there's a really good defense here, uh, or decent defense by the stats. And like I said, the rush defense, if you watch, I think is, is definitely going to be able to at least stop a little bit of the, the Tennessee rush offense. Cause that's, of course, Henry just opens up that whole offense for the passing game and, and to put up points. And I feel like Pittsburgh is, is definitely going to be able to, to keep with them here and be able to stop Tennessee. And I think this, 
uh, this definitely has a, a, a game here where Pittsburgh is going to win by a margin. So I, I definitely like Pittsburgh here getting the points, anything at all. Um, like I said, even a short favorite. I just, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that this line's going Tennessee's way and another line move here this week that I don't really understand. So, uh, for now, I'm just definitely, uh, going to definitely like the, the Pittsburgh getting uh, the, the, what, what's the prevailing number probably. Looks like one probably yeah, a little like bit one. weak juice. So yeah, I'll do Pittsburgh plus one will be my uh, fifth and final play here for the pod. All right. Well, we're on uh, three of the five together here. <laughs> well, well disaster for the week. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to be like, yeah, laying a big number by any means. And I knew that Tennessee is going to be a little overvalued here, in my opinion, but bet against them last week should have won. Uh, you know, like I said, it's, I think the, the one thing that you can, that throws off the, the narrative here is when they blew out the bills. And like you mentioned, it was kind of a, a goofy spot with the whole COVID pushback deal. And like there was a bunch of, you know, uh, Tennessee players getting all worked up about how everybody is out to get them because of COVID. Like I talked about last week and it was just bizarre. And last week they, they definitely played. Uh, bad enough to get beat and Houston just kind of let them, let them sneak by. And I think Pittsburgh's a significantly better team than Houston. And if they put up a similar effort as they did last week, I think they're going to lose the game. Um, yeah, like you go back to look at DVOA and both their offenses are, are top 10, you know, Pittsburgh ninth, Tennessee third. And I think Tannehill's definitely been playing over his head. So I'd expect that to regress a little bit. Like he's an okay quarterback, but he's not top three in the league or whatever his stats are showing right now. And then you look at the defense, and yeah, Pittsburgh's number two, and I think they probably have the best defense in the league this year. I know their that linebacker Bush got hurt, so that that might hurt, but I don't think a linebacker is enough to totally change the defense. And then you look down at Tennessee, and they're 22nd in the league. And like last week, I mean, Houston was just slicing through them like warm butter. It was wasn't even a contest. And I think Big Ben and his you know weapons are going to be. Uh, equal to, to Watson and his weapons were last week. So I expect Pittsburgh to put up plenty of points in this game. And then, like you said, I don't think Henry's going to have nearly as much success as he did against Houston last week because they're one of the, the weaker run defenses. And I knew that was kind of my hesitation coming into the game. I just thought Watson could match points with them, and he pretty much did. So I think here you're getting the plus side, basically, of what I liked about Houston with a significantly better downside or, you know, like the lower floor with their run defense. So yeah, I absolutely love this play. I, I just think, uh, you know, the only reason this would make sense to me is if it was a killer spot for Tennessee. And, um, that's obviously not the case. Uh, you know, the Browns came off a nice win last week against the Browns where they just kind of coasted. And, uh, you know, Tennessee came off a more of an emotional game over a division foe where they had to come back and win a, a thriller in overtime. So, I think if anything, it'd be a slightly Pittsburgh spot, and I just think they're a much better team. And I think uh, Tennessee's five and zero record, along with their success from last year, is kind of propelling them to 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 have this overvalued you know nature and just people sensing them to be a top tier team. And so, to me, I think the two smoke and mirrors team in the league right now, uh, the most are Seattle and Tennessee. I think they're kind of similar, well, one in each conference, and I think. Both their five and O's are pretty fraudulent, and while they might be above average teams, I don't think they're anywhere near what their perception is. So I have no problem betting against both these teams, especially when you can give me some decent teams to go at them with. So yeah, we're uh, we're both there. 
You want to go ahead and recap your five here before we do our pick of the week? I got Cleveland minus three, Detroit plus two and a half, Carolina plus seven and a half, New England at minus two, and of course Pittsburgh plus one. How about yourself? Yeah, I got uh, this is much more like a card for me than than I was last week when I was laying those short favorites. I got uh, Detroit plus two and a half, Houston plus three and a half, Arizona plus three and a half, New England minus two, and Pittsburgh plus one. Back to uh, back to catching points like I like I like. So, all right, let's go ahead and wrap up the pod here and uh, do a pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so last week you had the under in that Tampa Green Bay game that looked a little dicey early, but got there. That gives you to four and one on the year, and I had the Rams, which did not get there, so that drops me to three and two. So it looks like you got the T box here. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna try to get another drive right down the middle and just bomb it. And I'm um, looking here. It's kind of funny. That's I guess a little scary too. With the last two weeks, I really haven't liked the card at all. I know it's been tough to find five plays here for the pod that I was, you know, convincingly liked, but I ended up not going with any side plays uh, other than that Pittsburgh at, just because of the number there at, at close, but mostly like the totals, which I said got there with a little bit of a fortunate fashion. But, yeah, this week I've it's probably the card I've liked, I don't know about the most all year, but definitely a pretty juicy card in terms of you know, different areas and different plays to, to get at. I have a, you know, six, seven plays that I'm definitely looking at pretty closely and like. So I think I'm going to do... I know I know I'm strong about the game. I think I'm going to stick with the the line I don't get the most and and buck the buck the number and buck the uh, the the steam here. And I'm going to go ahead and play New England minus two as my uh, AS pick of the week here. Just like all the reasons I stated when I talked about the game. All right, yeah. It, it just even as far as an entertainment standpoint, there's a lot of interesting games here as opposed to the last couple of weeks. Like even like the bad teams, you know, like Detroit Atlanta is kind of interesting with the you know. Uh, competitively lined game with two interesting teams that you don't really know what to make of them. And just, they said a lot of them, those games that we were on in particular, but uh, yeah, just a lot of interesting games. So should be a good week. Uh, should be an exciting week. I, I, uh, I totally agree. I love this card compared to the last couple of weeks. Um, kind of tricky which, to pick, which isn't, which isn't a good sign, but yeah, <laughs> for, exactly. both, for either of us, for we're on the same games and we like the card. That's a recipe for disaster just by, uh, Judging usually how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with these four slight dogs I have, it'll probably be two blowouts the wrong way and then two like dirty covers where Seattle and Tennessee are both walk off shots to, to cover the number. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with, uh, if it was Detroit getting three, I would probably take them, but I think I'm going to go to that Pittsburgh for all the reasons we stated. I think it's, uh, about time the smoke and mirrors ran out here for Tennessee, so. I uh, I have faith in, in Pittsburgh to get the job done. All right, any uh, concluding thoughts here for the Week 7 pod? No, that's about it. I think, uh, like I said, hopefully this will be a good card. Hopefully we can make some profit and make some uh, you know, good plays here for the for not only the podcast but also release plays. And like I always say, check out com for our plays. And, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good week here. It should be pretty exciting. I know Minnesota's on a bye, four teams total on a bye, but it'll be kind of weird here not having any Minnesota in play. But, they're pretty much now out of the playoffs. So there's not a whole lot to miss there and not a whole lot of excitement from a Minnesota fan point perspective. And got the Gophers starting up Saturday against Michigan to start it off. That should be an interesting game. Not quite the same juice as the Vikes, but at least something to cheer for that's not dead. Put, you got to put those oars in the water and row the boat, huh? That's right. You got to row the boat Saturday. Maybe tie all those games to the games I like on Sunday to really juice up those prices. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> All right. Well, sounds good. Um, yeah, good. Like you said, check out runsports.com to see what plays we end up releasing. And, uh, yeah, good luck with your five. Good luck to everybody out there with their bets this weekend. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.